Let's get, get, get it. I just, I get frustrated by people who have like credit issues and they have like not make enough money issues and they aren't willing to create a business because like paychecks aren't ever going to get you there. I, I posted a tweet and I was like, you're over here struggling to get by and your boss just bought two benzes at the same time. You know who it is? I'm back. Tweet talk episode 47. It's lit. It's Lit. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of generational wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the air? Tweet what it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode John Lynch. Oh, yeah, you got it. John Lynch, who's that? I think he's number 47. I don't know. I know he was, I think, number 40 at one point in time. What sport is that? Yeah, he definitely was number 47. That's, That's football? football. Oh, okay. Yep. He is a safety. You were just you know? saying, um, kind of like, what? who are people to say what you can and can't do with your business? And speaking of that, you had a tweet about that. Um, I forget the girl's, the lady's name, that she has the phone flipping academy course, the phone flipping course. And you were saying, yep. you know, people are talking about her, or the phone flipping course, but who are you to tell people what they can sell or what they can and can't do with their business? And it's funny because I saw today, I don't know if you saw it or heard about it, but our people, Sierra, who was on the last episode, was on the Shade Room today. Yeah, I saw that. Her and um, this other lady's name, Alessa, Lisa, I forgot her name. They were both on there. And I was looking in the comments and some, somebody said, whatever they're teaching can be found on Google. I was like, wow, really? That's what we're doing? They're celebrating these people's success and you're saying whatever they're teaching can be found on Google? Really? Yeah. Um, we live in a very crabbish society. The hood looks like the hood for a reason and it ain't racism, fam. White folks been gone. Like, if you go through any hood, it's a bunch of negativity and bitterness and down talking and regressive nature. And it has nothing to do with oppression or white people. It has everything to do with how we treat each other. It has everything to do with, I'm reading this book, the 50 cent book. And he was mm-hmm. talking about how when you make it, you got to get out of that environment. He was like, yeah, you might want to be down, but he gave countless, exa- he didn't give countless example. He gave two examples of people who made money and didn't move out of the hood and it ended up costing them their life. The first example was Jam Master J. Jam Master J was in Queens, I believe. And he made money with Run DMC and Rev Run moved out to the suburbs and the other guy moved out to the suburbs, but Jam Master J wanted to be down. He ended up getting killed in in his studio where he was putting people on, helping people. He got killed. Another person is Nipsey Hussle, who stayed down, was cool with everybody, showed love, was putting people on, putting people in position, putting money in people's back pocket, and he got killed. And so the crazy part about it is Twitter is just another factor of Black American life where you have people 
who probably still live in the hood who are just on Twitter commenting about what you're doing. And we in the suburbs, man. And that's why you got to block them. And it's unfortunate, but I'm starting to block people who straddle the fence. If you straddle the fence, you got to get blocked too. Because I don't even want to, I don't even want my name mentioned on that side of the of, of Twitter. Like to me, being mentioned on that side of Twitter is basically like being in that side of Twitter. And on my side of Twitter, we celebrate success. We don't dog it out. We don't crab it out. We don't hate on it. And so it's unfortunate, but it's just that, that crab. And, and I wish there was a better term than, than the term crab because I think people dismiss it. And I think when you start talking, people can kind of miss your words, but there's a negative nature where people, like people start making stuff up. People start creating different things and painting people in negative lights. And it's like, man, but I was watching the Kanye interview and Kanye was talking about himself. And I was like, I'm kind of in the same space. It's like people call you names, want to attack you and pull you down and drag you down. That's what's happened to Kanye. And it's really just what Jay-Z says, the penalty of leadership. He said, I'm guess I'm just what N-words want to be and shit. And so a lot of times what I've realized and I was thinking about, I was like, you know what? A lot of people want what you have. And that's always kind of been my story. They want what you have. So when I was in high school, they're like, he got a two parent household. They live in the suburbs. And so the way my high school was situated, we were kind of intermingled. So there was like people who came from the other side of the lake and there's people who came from our side of the lake. And so I just thought we was all black. And my whole life, mom always said, like, you're different, Charles. You aren't going to realize that you're different, but you're different. And I never really realized until I got older and you start looking at the divide and you start kind of separating yourself. Like, they're just folks. They ain't my people. And that's okay. I still love them. And if they want to come to me with love, we can rock. But if you come to me with that negativity and that ignorance, then I'm, I'm just, I'm over here, fam. Especially, I got a family. I, I'm over here. You want to bring the negativity? I'm over here. But what I was saying is, like, there's people who want the happy family. They want to be able to have a son and celebrate their son's life. And they see your light and they want to dim it, man. And it's not just happening to me. It's happening to every. African-American man who's online, happy, showing success, sharing success, and actually trying to help people. It's like sometimes people just want to be defeated because being defeated is easy. Having possibilities is hard. It's a lot easier for Tone Talks to get on the internet and talk about why we can or what happened than it is for him to fucking create something and put something out there and hustle behind it and build something that's going to create wealth. All Tone Talk stats don't apply to me. And it's a great feeling, but it's just crazy because if you listen to that, I had to turn it off. I was like, if you listen to that, it's just going to keep you down. When there's so many possibilities in America, if you just stop listening to it, but some people, they can't stop listening to it. And so I still have to say that there's people online who they see you shining and they don't want to see you shining and they're going to gather their tribe around you and they're going to help kind of try to drag you down. And so I just kind of want to, I want to not even exist to those people. Like y'all go find somebody else to attack. Cause if you notice, if you scroll their timelines, it's just one person after another. Like they're bitter, angry people. I've seen it. Like if like a random Anon were to say something off the wall to me, I always go to the profile and see what else they're doing. And if you look, they're talking about this person, talking about that person, talking about this person, talking about that person. And so it's like, you just happen to get hit soon yeah. be hitting somebody else. Right. And it's unfortunate that we don't see it for what it is because we want to drag brothers down too. That's just not my MO. It's never my MO because I know we can all eat. I know we can all win. And anybody who's ever known me knows that's just never been me. I don't drag folks down. I'm not in the, I'm not in the business of crabbing people out because you can't be a crab and a winner. You can't be a crab and a successful person. And I'm trying to be a successful person. And so I had to give up the crab stuff. I got to celebrate you when you win. Yeah, man. I don't even want, I just kind of, I kind of want to like, not even acknowledge it anymore. Like, I feel like that is the strategy. Like, it doesn't exist. Jay-Z once said, he who does not feel me is not real to me. Therefore, he doesn't exist. 
So if you don't feel me, even if you say it, it don't exist to me. Like, oh, like I said, if a hater tweets a tweet in a forest and he's blocked AF, did he really tweet that tweet? No, he didn't tweet that tweet. I didn't see that shit. I just, and, and, and if there's somebody on the sidelines who's straddling the fence and they see it, they're going to get blocked. I am a, my only loyalty is these four walls, man. Raphael, we cool, but, you know, loyalty, four walls. Anybody can get cut. So, you know, you start straddling the fence. You start promoting people who slander me, you got to go. And that's what happened. Like, people started promoting people who were actively attacking me. And I was like, bro, that's not cool. Like, at all. Zero tolerance. Zero motherfucking tolerance. If you if you are a friend of my enemy, you are my enemy. I don't do that both sides of the fence. And I'm sorry. You want to go over there and you want to get the, the information that you want? Stay over there. But you ain't going to be double dipping on me. And so, you know what some people do? They create fake accounts so they can spy on you. And that's the craziest thing is people will block you or you block them until they're creating another account so they can peek over and see your stuff. And that's some weirdo stuff. So it's like you said, man, running a business is hard. Criticizing one is easy. Yep. It's so funny because like um, I've seen it like and you don't even have to be like the most qualified person to be a business critic. Um, I know of a black business in Watts and there is this girl who came there. And she started working and. She had all these like suggestions, like they need to do this better. They need to do, to do that better. And even the firm that I work in now, like there's so many people that can walk in the firm and criticize it, but they ain't making millions though. Like it, it boggles my mind. Like if you guys have all the answers, you would also have all the money. And so I've just found that it's a lot easier to be critical than it is to be correct. Um, you got to be 100% right to be correct. You only got to find a few flaws to be critical. And a lot of people are very good at finding, uh, finding the flaws. But the crazy thing is, is you don't got to be flawless, flawless, because flawless doesn't exist. Flawless is something that they created to keep people working jobs, because they think that like, if it's not perfect, I can't launch. I think if it's not perfect, then I'm not good enough when you are good enough, because there's so many people who don't even know a smidgen of what you know. I feel like people, they're out here, imagine like a chef, like a chef out here being a pro cook and he's going to sell his food to other chefs. No, he's going to sell his food to people who don't know shit about cooking, but enjoy good food. And that's how business is. Like people are out here and they're creating content and it's not for the experts. It's for the people who aren't experts, but who are willing to think about it. I would rather watch a video from somebody who, who has a proven track record, great testimonials, and I could just watch their video for an hour, invest an hour in that I know, instead of searching YouTube for an hour trying to find a good video, watching that video, finding out it's actually not going to teach you what you needed to learn. Now you got to spend another hour, find more content, watch that video, and you're like, well, that didn't really help out. Like, you're literally just burning hours when you could just, and you know what happens if people do that? They just move on to the next venture. They just move on. So, like, for me, what's frustrating is folks will still attack it despite all the constant testimonials. But when people see you winning, that really pisses them off. So, you know, I'm not even really worried, man. Critics are going to critic and winners are going to win. And I'm no foreigner to criticism. I've been criticized my entire life. My own family criticized me. And now they look up to me. Every single one of them look up to me. But when I was younger and I wasn't doing all the stuff that they were doing and my mom wouldn't let me go to do the things that they were doing, they're like, oh, your mom don't let you do stuff or oh, you can't do that, and oh, you can't dress like that, you dress nerdy, or oh, you guys go to that school way out there, you go to school with white people, oh, you talk white, oh, you're this and you're that, and now every single one of them, like, either they look up to me or they followed after me, because I have a lot of cousins who followed after the pattern. They went to college, they got themselves a good woman, they settled down, 
And I have another cousin who, if they didn't do it, they respect what I did. And so in real life, it ain't a lot of motherfuckers like me. On the internet, it's easy to say that there are people like me, or it's easy to pretend that you're like me. But in real life, it ain't a lot of people like me. And that just is what it is. That's just the facts. I said that God wanted me to have a son because the world needs more me's. The world needs more me's. I went to, I went to the store today and there was a brother sitting outside and he was like, yeah, man, you, can you, uh, can you hook me up with some money? And so I went in the store and I got cash back and I gave him like a $5 bill. But like, I go out of my way to help people because it's like, I'm blessed. I can afford to give. I did that presentation for the kids and I gave them all $15 gift cards so they can go buy a business book on African-American entrepreneur. Like all I do is give, but you got to realize like Jeff Bezos gives his ass off and he's still getting hated on by people who don't want to see him make any money. Haters are just a part of success. I was reading the, the 50 Cent book and he's like, we all pray for success. But we don't pray for jealousy, envy, and haters, not realizing like that comes with the territory. We didn't pray for this. We just pray for the success part, but the haters, that comes with it. And that just is what it is. And so I want people who like see me getting hated on to just know that that's just a part of success. When you start really killing it at a high level, that's just what happens. In fact, if you don't have haters, you might not reach success. Donald Trump, 50% of the country hates his guts despite all the dope shit he does, despite all the great things that he's done for African-Americans. Donald Trump is hated by African-Americans and has done nothing but pass a black agenda while in, in office. We've seen more black wealth while he's been in office. We've seen more black businesses open since he's been in office. We've seen more black people getting out of jail since he's been in office. We've seen, we've seen uh, prison reform done. We've seen all these things, money given to HBCUs, all of these things, he's done nothing but pass a black agenda. They hate his fucking guts. They gonna hate you, man. But that don't mean you're not doing good work. Like if they see you doing good work, they really gonna hate you. They hated Jesus and all he did was heal people and give them the game. He was just going around like, bro, like this is the game. Red letters, this is the game. Oh, you need healing? Here's some healing. And they hated him. They sabotaged somebody who only brought him any good. Isn't that crazy? Right, right, it's, right. it's human nature. Never hurt anybody. You said in this tweet, I better not catch one of you all letting someone prevent you from building that business idea. I just, I, I just, man, I think, I don't know what it related to, but I just don't want people to allow, because I always tell people that business is how you create wealth, period. Um, Sierra launched her course, launched her product, and I think she made 20 grand in a month. No jobs is going to pay you 20 grand in a month. Not at 30, not at 27. I think she's 27. No job is paying you 20 grand in a month. So if you want to make 20 grand in a month, we can argue that 20 grand in a month is pretty successful. It's pretty wealthy, right? There's not really much you can't do with it with 20 grand in a month. If you got problems, you could tackle them. Our goal really is to eliminate problems. Like that's what we're aiming for wealth for. We don't want problems. If you make 20 grand a month, you ain't got no problems. But if you're over here getting paid three grand a month, you got a whole bunch of problems. So the goal should be, how can I get my income up to the point where I don't got any problems? And so you launch your shit. Somebody probably would have told her like, you've only been doing this for like a month. How are you gonna be an affiliate? Oh, she was successful. She taught people. You know what happened? People copied what she did and they became successful as well. We have to stop counting people out. We count ourselves out all the time. Like, you can't do that. Like, who, who how do you know? Why, why are we so limiting of each other? We hold each other back more than any other culture. I tell people, like, I feel like, and this, I can't, I feel like if I wouldn't have been able to attend the schools that I attended my entire life, I wouldn't have been able to become the person that I became. And the schools that I attended were predominantly white institutions. 
And I feel like if I would have gone to not HBCUs, HBCU colleges, that's a different story. But like high schools in the hood, middle schools in the hood don't do shit, but produce more negativity. They don't produce productive citizens in society. I mean, on average. Yeah, some people make it through. But I'm just saying, like, I say all that to say that in life, I got to avoid y'all motherfuckers because y'all hold me back. I used to be very anti-black on Twitter. Um, and people would always feel like, why are you so anti-black, dude? Because of my life experiences, man. My life experiences, I've encountered a lot of negativity in the African-American community. And you're not supposed to say this, but I'm saying it because it kind of shapes my mentality right now. Like, it's frustrating, and I'm going to still do things to uplift the culture and still give back and still do all that stuff. But there's a certain segment of this community that I just can't rock with. And we can rock if they become more positive. But I just don't understand the constant negativity. I, just, I don't get it. I don't get it, man. I'm not supposed to say stuff like that. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. What do you think about that, Raphael? Uh... I mean, we can't, I mean, it'd be nice if we could all get along, but we just can't all get along. As like you said earlier, like you might be the same skin color or what have you, but we're not all the same folk, like, you know, and, and it never will be that way. The sad thing to me is that, you know, I didn't see any problem with like you guys over there, you guys have your, you have your lane, you got your lane, this person got their lane, and we just hit different segments of the community. You know, I, I feel like in a lot of ways, it kind of speaks to our ignorance and business because we think that like it's not enough money for us all to make money. Like that's the crazy part about it is we're like it can only be one person that talks about options. And we have knighted this guy to talk about options. So you aren't allowed to talk about options like, bro, like, huh? Like, right. I don't even know. We don't even live in the same state. So you mean the one person gets to decide who they're going to talk about options in the entire country and you live in New York and Philadelphia and Memphis and I live in California. We don't even live in the same state. We don't have the same economy. Like that speaks to a scarcity mentality. We think there's not enough for us all to go around. And I feel like that scarcity mentality drives a lot of us because I think that's what the crab mentality is about is it's like people think they can't get out too. And so since they feel like they can't get out, they got to grab you down. Like, no, like he can get out and you can get out too. You ain't got to be in the barrel. If you work together, you can tip the barrel over. But I just feel like that scarcity mentality drives a lot of the, the things. I just, I just want to avoid it, man. There is a certain segment of, of Twitter, um, of money Twitter, where they celebrate each other's wins and it's great and they're great people. And I enjoy being around them because like the crazy part about it is, aside from the Yeezys, the only thing I've really done with the money I've made is buy a house for my family. And that's it. Buy a house for my family and make sure that I have enough money so that I have security in my career or my life. So we buy the house, but I'm not afraid of if I lose a job, will I lose the house? And I'm not over here letting somebody talk to me crazy or down talk me. Like I have that power over my life. And the crazy part about it is all I do is empower others with it. And so that's why I try to stay out the way. That's how I've done it my entire life. Like, man, people have negative feelings about me. I just stay out the way. Like, I don't even want to see you anymore. I'm over here. Um, it just is what it is, man. Yeah. Congrats on the house, by the way. Thank you, sir. Moving on up, man. It's dope. 
in a great community. I think that's the most important thing about it is the location that we bought it in is in an up and coming community. They're building everything around there. It's close to great schools um, because I want my son to go to a particular school. So it's close to that school. Um, so I'm happy. Like that's what life is about, man. Life, life. I feel like having a child gives you clarity. And for me, it allowed me to put my family first at the expense of others. I was listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast and they were talking about how you have to have a strong why behind what you do. And Brandon Turner is a family guy. He's married. He has two kids. And David, I forget, Dave Green, who was the other host of the Bigger Pockets podcast, he was like, you know, Brandon's why, and I know that he has his why, is his family. He wants his family to be set. That's why he bought his daughter a house. And that's why he's establishing wealth for his son. And David, who isn't married, doesn't have any kids, he was like, you know, my why is building, helping other people build wealth. And for the longest time, that was my why. I was like, you know what? I don't have a family like yet. So I want to put other people on the back. And so I gave so much value to other people just because like I was being selfless and I was like, you know what? I'll be blessed in the end. And so we would do real estate deals and I'd be taking a 20% portion. I'd get all my partners 80%. I do an 80-20 split. And like now I'm like, I'm not doing that anymore. Like I refuse to do that. And so a shift happened. It wasn't on purpose. It just happened by nature, by chemical balance. Where I was like, you know what? Fuck everybody else. I got to put my family on. And other people benefit because they benefit, but my family is going to benefit first. If anybody's getting 100% value from my efforts and my knowledge and my energy, it's going to be my family. So once the family's straight, let me make sure everybody else is straight. And everybody else is straight. You know how many people I employ? You know how many people I pay? A lot of people. I pay a lot of people, Raphael, a lot of people. And that's what's so frustrating is like, you come for me, you coming for jobs. I pay an associate slash assistant, an admin slash VA. I pay five admins, a ton of affiliates, a media company, Donna The Voice, a graphic designer, CPA, uh, a tech, a lot of people. You know what, Raphael? Every single one of them is black on purpose. In real life, I'm a solid motherfucker. In real life, I got principles to drive what I'm doing. I'm not just out here getting the, getting money at the expense of the culture and the community. I do this shit on purpose. And that's what's so crazy about it. It's like, I've been solid for years, three to five years, just been doing the same shit. Tie Capital, Tie Capital, Tie Capital. Podcast for free. Putting people up on game. Investment club for free. Putting people up on game. Real estate club, putting people up a game, vending machines, barbershop, everything was for the people. And then folks still gonna come for you, man. Folks who ain't even doing shit. That's the worst part about it. They ain't even doing shit. If they were doing shit, maybe they'd have a little bit more understanding, but they ain't even doing shit. What are you building? They ain't built shit. The shit that they do have was built by me. <laughs> Blacker Pockets was built by me and it's not even ran how I would run it. I would run it, put in the community first, promoting other people's success. They flipped it. Now it's like the Nita show. Like, like, it's not supposed to be the one person show. It's supposed to be, look at this dope person who's black buying a house. Look at this dope person who's black investing in real estate. They could be so much bigger, but it's not because they're only talking about themselves. It's the same people over and over again. They, it just turned into a big old fan club. And the crazy part about it is quite honestly, I really just patterned it off to bigger pockets. Bigger pockets isn't about Brandon Turner. It's not about David Green. It's about a lot of dope people giving input. And that's actually what the top, the, the stock options community has turned into. It's like blacker pockets. Everything I do is like blacker pockets, even if it ain't called blacker pockets. So anyway, I just, I got a lot of pent up aggression, but the crazy part about it is I never met none of these people in, my, in real life. Like I literally have never met them in real life. 
and folks got super strong opinions and they know everything about me. You only know what I post. Folks pay to create a whole lifestyle off of what you post. They're like, I know everything about you because you tweeted some stuff and 140 characters told me your life story. Like, no, you just know what I tweeted. Folks, they come up with some crazy stuff. It's kind of crazy. Speaking of the, um, the Stock Investment Club, see if you want in that down, right? What's, what's the status? So basically their app went out because they lost money. Um, they lost the funding through the, through the coronavirus. And so they're having to like terminate everything and so we had to sell off our, all our positions and kind of liquidate the account. So people are going to get their money back. They're already kind of uh, requesting their money back. And that's what that is. Yeah, I, I signed in uh, this morning or yesterday and like, where's this cash? I'm, I'm like, oh, I forgot. We wanted this thing down. My goal is still to keep it as like a community. Like, I don't want to just say, oh, well, since we can't put our money up together, we shouldn't do anything. Um, I, don't, I don't really, I don't want to do that. Um, because you know, you never know what's going to happen. And so I have so much going on that sometimes when people talk for me, they don't talk with the right purpose. And so I feel like they're like, Oh, it's a wrap. It's over. Like, no, it's not a wrap. It's not over. Like people can still be involved. They can still talk about good stocks. We can still have conference calls. Like there's nothing wrong with that. You never know what can come up later. And the goal is to kind of be a source of financial literacy. Financial literacy is ongoing. It's not just like a static thing. Like I read Intelligent Investors, now I got all the answers. Like, no, we need to continue to foster that communication. So people, they don't see the vision, but the vision is to continue to create that community. I was talking about how like, you can have a community that's just like full of people who like hate on each other and down talk each other, or you can create the positive communities that we've been creating on the internet, where you have people who are talking about how much money they're making, they're celebrating each other's wins and all that stuff. So I want to still keep it, keep it that. I don't want it to just die. And it's kind of silly. So you said, on another note, um, what's the update on the mobile barbershop chronicles? Man. You don't have it back yet? Um, I have a lot of go- stuff going on and I just, I just, I have a lot of stuff going on. They should have been requested. I was inside of the group and they were, um, they were talking about how they were going to request it. And so I kind of, I gave, I was walking across the street and I was dealing with something with the VA and well, probably about the, probably about the fire. Um, and like, I was thinking, I was like, I didn't hire you for me to do all the work. I hired you because I trusted that you were competent to do the work. And so I gave her a task and I was like, I need to send a rent increase letter and we're increasing the rent to this number. And so she was like, oh, I found some drafts. Can you look over them? I, was like, I don't got time to do that. <laughs> I don't have time, Raphael. Mm-hmm. Like, like Jeff Bezos doesn't look at everything that's going on at Amazon. He just trusts that he hired competent people to do what has to be done. And if it's done wrong, then it goes to him. And so with the mobile barbershop, like we have the money to do it. I just need somebody to like actually take the lead and get it done. I, I can't do Raphael, I can't do everything, man. I'm managing two rehabs, managing rental properties, managing a bar, managing a barbershop, dealing with the stock club stuff, dealing with the options club stuff, running an online business. Like that's a lot of shit, Raphael. So that's why I have people that should be competent to get it done. The goal is to 10x so that you can do that. Like I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like the the girls who manage the media. Sometimes they post stuff that I love. And sometimes they post something like, uh, but you know what? It still pushes the vision forward. I'm not in love with perfection. I'm not in love with details. I'm in love with progress. Are we making progress? And we could tweak it as we go. Even the shirts, I'm like, bro, like put it up there and let's just keep going. The first FUBU shirt wasn't perfect. They probably, the first Tommy Hilfiger shirt wasn't perfect. Like they just threw it up there and they're like, do you like it? No. Are they buying it? No. All right, cool. Let's tweak it. Cause you don't ever know, Raphael. Like I was telling you earlier, I don't, I didn't know the options course was going to blow up like it did. I just put it out there. 
And then people started buying it and they kept buying it and they kept on saying good things about it. And then people started hating because that's what you do to successful people. You hate them because you ain't successful. Isn't that crazy? But that's just, that's just capitalism. So I say all that to say, Raphael, just do it, man. If I didn't, if I didn't believe in you to get it done, I wouldn't have said, Hey, get this done. Um, I, I just don't have to, I can't, if nothing, if everything has to go through me, nothing will get done. It becomes a bottleneck. I become a bottleneck. And then nothing gets done. I'd rather we do it and then kind of tweak it because it's not going to be perfect, but we could tweak it a little bit like, okay, let's do this. But that's how you make progress by doing stuff and going forward. Our people don't lose because we do the wrong stuff. We lose because we don't do nothing. We just be sitting back like, we can't do that. It's impossible. It costs too much money. White people, white people, white people. And we don't ever do anything. Like, we don't do anything. I have family members who wanted to start a catering company for the longest time, and they never did it. Do you know how you start a catering company? You start cooking food, man. Do you know what you need to cook food? A kitchen. There's this group of of chefs in Los Angeles, and they started cooking out of their kitchen. They cooked out of their kitchen. They, like, went and set up a shop, and they, they did that little thing, and now they got, they own a whole complex. That's why I tell people they don't know business. With business, you start with what you got. I was in Carl's Jr., and Carl's Jr. was started with a food cart, not a food truck, a food cart. Oh, okay. And you make your money and you reinvest your money and you reinvest your money and you reinvest. That is business. I'm trying to get people to understand that it ain't always going to be sexy in the beginning. It ain't going to be sexy for a long time. And I just, I just want people to really grasp that. Like, please don't glance over what I'm telling you. Because I was telling those kids that and I was telling them, you don't need any money to start a business. You just got to start it. We put so many artificial barriers in front of us and it's frustrating because... All you need to do to have a course is what we're doing right now. The knowledge in your brain allows you to do that. And we're like, oh, well, I got to have an itinerary. I got to do that. You don't even need slides. People do courses and they don't even have them as outlined as I do. Like they don't even do PowerPoints. They just be up there talking with a whiteboard, blah, 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 blah. The information is what matters. The presentation becomes secondary. Like I just, yeah, San Diego is open. Man, Raphael, we're going to make so much money. The stock market is just going crazy. I told these folks, I told them like, you look crazy, man. When you're out there doing stuff that people haven't seen before, they're going to call you crazy and you can be making money in the process. What tweets you got, man? Yeah. So you said money is not the only qualifier that matters. I don't know if you remember what um, that was about. Man, I think what I was talking about is I think somebody wanted to do business with me and their attitude sucked. And so I gave them a refund and I saved myself my peace of mind. And I think that sometimes people think that because they're a customer and they have money, that they get to talk to you crazy and come at you crazy and say crazy stuff to you. And the beauty of being a business owner is you don't got to tolerate disrespect for a buck. When you work a job, your manager will be talking to you crazy. And you're like, I need this job. I need to get raised. And so you're like tolerate it. But when you're a business owner and the world is your customer, you can afford to sacrifice a few customers to save your peace of mind. And so what I was saying is like, you don't just get to do business with me just because you have money. Like you also have to have the right mentality. So there's been people who like, there's this one girl, I think something was wrong with her mentally. And I find like some people just aren't there mentally. And that's why I just like avoid them. I don't engage. I just avoid. And so there's this girl and she was like, you never respond to my DMs. You never respond to my DMs. So I responded to her DMs and like, she was like asking questions about the course. And she was like asking me to explain different things. I was like, I don't explain that stuff. Links in the bio. It's when to get it, you get it. Um, and so I guess she bought it. And then after she bought it, she was like, well, you need closed captions because I'm hard of hearing and I can't see. And it's like, it's one thing after another with you. 
And so she's like, well, I'm a paying customer and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a refund because $75 isn't worth you talking to me like that. And I feel like that is why people got to get money. You got to get money because then you get to choose who you work with. You got to get money because then you can turn down money. If you don't have money, you can't turn down money. You can't turn down people. You got to be like, oh, they got a dollar. I got to pay my bills. So that means I'm going to lose my mental psyche getting a dollar. People are depressed because they have to put up with bullshit for a dollar. And that is frustrating and it weighs down on you and it impacts you more than just on the job. It impacts you when you go home and it impacts how you interact with other people, all that stuff. And that's why you see people who come from communities where they're constantly down talking you and bashing you and making fun of you. And you know what they do? They take that to the world. There's kids who, when they go out to the world and they're bullies and they're mean to people, it's because at home they're being bullied and being mean too. And somebody's down talking them. My niece and nephew, they have cousins that are ghetto as fuck. And unfortunately, when they go to their cousin's house, they come back and they need some, they need an adjustment. We got to adjust them because in our household, these are just the expectations. Like, no, we don't do stuff like that. And it's all because of the kids that they're around and they see what the kids do and what the kids get away with. And it's like, they might do that over there. We're not doing that over here. Speaking of kids, the great thing about kids is on the internet, they get to argue with you and debate with you, but your kids don't. Your kids, you feel like, hey, son, I said you got to read a book tonight. So we're reading the book. Hey, son, I said you got to get A's and take AP classes. That's what we're doing. I just want to be focused on my family, man. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't even want Twitter anymore. Like I would rather, and I think I might retire Twitter soon, like, I would rather have a bunch of money and have peace than have to deal with constant negativity from perfect strangers, constantly impacting my neg- my attitude and how it impacts my, my family. And I would rather just, like, just not even deal with it. Hire somebody to tweet for me or just shut it all down. Like, I've seriously thought about shutting it all down. Like, I just don't want to deal with that element. Like, I moved to where I move and I work where I work. Like, if I wanted to deal with Compton and Watts, I would be in Compton and Watts. I don't go there on purpose because I don't want to deal with the people that are there. I just don't want to deal with it, man. And so I don't want to deal with Compton and watch ass Negroes on the motherfucking Twitter sphere. And if I got to delete Twitter to get to that space, then so be it. And maybe I just create a whole new Twitter and just leave my, my big Twitter up there. But I'm at a point now where it's, it's actually kind of just, and that's what they want. That's what they want. They want to beat you down into non-existence. That's what ghetto people do. They don't want you to survive and thrive. They want to Nipsey hustle me, man. They want to Jam Master J me. They want to Tupac me. They want to Biggie me. They want to take me out, man. All eyes on me. Uh, you said, I hate when someone, I, I, I see this all the time too. I hate when someone states their goal and someone shits on their goal by telling them to aim higher. That shit is so lame to me. And I feel like if somebody is stating a goal, it's because they're already kind of stretching themselves. And then here you come and you're like, that's not good enough. And what's worse is most of the time, those folks don't even have what you're aiming for anyway. And so I feel like it's like another way to pull somebody down. And it's lame. It's kind of like if you say like, I'm gonna make six figures by 35. And somebody's like, well, why not 25? Like, okay, that's good for you and your goals and your timeline. That's great. But my life isn't predicated on you who I didn't even know existed until five seconds ago. So I just feel like I see it a lot. I've experienced it a lot and it's lame. And that's why J. Cole said, if they don't know your dreams, they can't shoot them down. So I don't even really share my goals on Twitter anymore. Um, Just because I don't want people's opinions about my goals. I don't want that negative energy about my goals. I just want to aim for my goals. Hey, you you think this falls into the same category when people say like, uh, you know, I want to, I want to get a house. Then somebody comes along, well, you know, it's not an asset. If you, if you get a multifamily, then it becomes an asset. 
and then the tenant paid for your mortgage. I'm like, come on, man. Oh, so such big experts. Yeah. And like you said, they don't even have what they, they tell you to get. I just be out here trying to live my life, man. Yeah, let people live, man. Like you said, most people copy because it's less risky than doing something first. 100%. Um, I think that people are afraid of launching out and being unique because you're going to get criticism from people who are experts in reality. And so what will happen is to kind of hedge, they'll let somebody else be first. And then once they see that it's safe, then they'll be like, okay, I'm going to do that too. Like, so they'll let somebody else go to Detroit and they see that it's safe. Like, okay, I'm going to do that too. They don't want to be the first that's out there. And it's because they don't trust themselves. Um, I trust me and I believe in me. And I just feel like I'm going to always find a way to work it out. And so that's just what I've seen. Like a lot of people, they copy and they take your ideas and I've seen it. A lot of people have come up with options courses after me, options eBooks, options courses, even some actually two people who took my course, then created their own course. Um, so I would just say that, I don't know, man, I just, I, wealth comes through creation, not competition. Most people don't know that because they don't read, but I do. And so that's why I don't copy people. I just be living in my truth. And I move on to the next idea. But what's sad is I identify the people who copy me. And that's why I've gone under wraps with a lot of my strategies, which has actually allowed me to make even more money. So it's kind of dope because there's no such thing as wasted experience. And I was telling people like, like currency said, he's like, they think that they stole my style, but I left it there. Like they got my old stuff. I'm on to new stuff. I'm going to create other things. I'm going to blow up because I have the sauce. Detroit's not the sauce. Investment clubs aren't the sauce. Podcasts aren't even the sauce. The sauce is me. And the sauce. And speaking of that, based on one of the main principles of Tweet Talk from episode one, I am the sauce. We have the shirts now available upon gumroad.com slash tweet talk. I am the sauce t-shirts available now. Lit. Yeah. Just reminding you, real estate tax liens, barbershops, laundromats, whatever. They're all just investment vehicles. You are the driver. Mm-hmm. I am the source. 100. Todd Consultant presents the Vending Machine Business Webinar. You can only have one job, but you can have as many vending machines as you want. This is your chance to see how we do business and how you can start your very own vending machine business. Avoid the mistakes we made and start winning. You'll be shown how we find, negotiate, buy, and manage our vending machine business, generating thousands per month, and how it has unlimited scale. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. You said, Charles, I make stuff hot. I don't chase what others have made hot. And then when they show up where I am, I move. Man, I tweeted that, and it applies to business, but it also kind of applies to, like, every trend in life. Like, I've always kind of been the person that would spot something first, hop, hop on it, and then once it becomes too popular, then I got to find the next thing. Because, like, the goal was never to be like everybody else, it was to be like myself. So I can't really think of anything in particular, but I've just experienced that a lot in life where I'm going to do it and it's going to become popular. And then after it becomes popular, I'm like, ah, what's next? And so uh, there's a few different things that can kind of fall into that category. And it's because it's like, you, you, once somebody else kind of starts doing what you're doing, you kind of, it loses its power. And so if everybody has an investment club, 
then people don't have to come to my investment club. Everybody has whatever. If everybody's buying homes in Detroit, now wholesalers can mark up the prices and there's no opportunity for me. So it's in part a business move, just as much as it's like an ego move. I would say it's more business than ego. I don't think I move too much on ego these days. But like after a while, it doesn't make sense. Like it doesn't make sense to put energy into something that's not getting the same hits as it was. It's not growing at the same rate that it was before when it was rare. And so I got to go find that new rare thing. And knowing that somebody's going to duplicate it, I got to figure out a way to protect myself. I was listening to the Bigger Pockets podcast and he was saying like, you have to do things that have a barrier to entry. And a lot of things that I did early in my career didn't have a barrier to entry. And so now I'm looking to kind of solidify my myself and protect myself so I'm not constantly being followed by other people. So it's like, what does that look like? I don't completely know, but I'm going to find out. And so now I'm looking at larger deals. Like I'm like, you know what? If you can buy a house that costs X amount of dollars, now you can do a bigger transaction in commercial real estate. Now you can do a million dollar transaction. Now you can do whatever transaction. And so like, that's kind of where my head is now. Like I, and I'm only 33. And I feel like what's so crazy about it is I was thinking about this. I was like, back when I hadn't like, when I was calling myself Todd Millionaire and people were like, he's not a millionaire, dude. Ha, ha, ha. I was like, statistically, like a millionaire is 50 years old. And statistically, like less than 1% of African-American people will have a million dollars. I think it might be like, maybe it's a little bit higher, like 5%. But like, statistically, you guys are making fun of me for being like what 95% of the people aren't. And the crazy part about it is now I got it. But like the real crazy part about it is like it's so far ahead of the time just because of all the slander that I got, it kind of like kicked me into overdrive. And so what's interesting is I just think it's interesting how, how people can kind of criticize you for what, what they don't have, what they haven't accomplished yet. And I just be living my life, man. I just, honestly, I want to live a life full of positivity. That's all I want to do is live a life full of positivity. You had a tweet saying, you know, you make sense of your money. Stop making sense of an existence that is paycheck driven. I just, I get frustrated by people who have like credit issues and they have like not make enough money issues and they aren't willing to create a business because like paychecks aren't ever going to get you there. I, I posted a tweet and I was like, you're over here struggling to get by and your boss just bought two benzes at the same time. And I, I literally saw that happen. I saw somebody buy two benzes at the same time and they own a business. And like, I kind of didn't want to tweet that, but I just... I feel like so many people are waiting on minimum wage or their stimulus and it's just frustrating because people just don't get it. And I don't think people could ever get it. I, I just, sometimes I'm just thinking like, no matter how much you say it, they just don't get it. But a paycheck ain't ever going to bring you prosperity. It just doesn't happen. I was thinking about this. Um, I was thinking about this, um, I think maybe this morning. And I was thinking about how when you're a business owner and you make a significant income, tithing comes naturally because you're automatically going to be taxed out of getting the standard deduction. So you're going to have to itemize. And if you itemize, then either you give it to the church or you give it to the government. So wouldn't you rather give it to the government, give it to the church? And so I feel like the way that the church teaches tithing is incorrect because I found that it is a lot easier to give 10% of your income away when you don't have a little bit of income. And then I've also, I, I feel like Back in biblical times, folks had farms and they were merchants. And I think they had the similar thing. It's like, either I'm going to give it to the church or I'm going to give it to the government. But these days, everybody has jobs and your job steals the majority of your wealth. And so people don't even have enough money left over to give 10% away. And so I feel like the principle is mildly flawed. And business owners, they can write that big check and they oftentimes do. I think that honestly, the church that I attend, I think it's carried by business owners. 
I think those are the people that write the big checks, the business owners and the bosses. So I just, I want people to stop trying to make sense of small money, stop trying to make sense and rationalize their job and just use the extra time that you got to build a business because that's what's going to carry you super duper far. If that business explodes, then you're going to explode. If that business explodes, all that credit card debt will get wiped away. Instead, people are like, man, I'm going to just keep working, working hard. And after a year, I'll pay off my credit card debt. Like, no, that's not going to happen. Credit card companies wouldn't be making all this money if that was going to happen. Only way that you're going to do that is if you start a business and put your heart into it and get slandered in the process while you accomplish your goals. <laughs> um, I feel like we should start talking about current events. Um, and I think that it's so interesting that like we've had two kind of like, I don't know what you can really call them. Like, is it, can we call them hashtag moments? Is that a bad thing to call them? We've had two kind of hashtag moments, like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, it was the jogger. And then this week it's um, the guy who got, who got choked. And I feel like it's sad what happened to them. I don't think anybody should lose their life. Um, But I feel like we have to, I don't know how to really say this. I'm going to say it. We have to embrace the reality that is America. And it'd be great if you could change reality. It'd be great if you could be like, this isn't how it should be. So it's not going to be like this. But in a lot of ways, it is like that. And I found that you have to maneuver and finesse your way around things instead of like being like Brent about everything and just confronting them head on. Like I was reading in the 50 cent book and he was talking about how, man, I forgot how they, how he phrased it, but it's like, you have, you can't, always confront things head on. You have to finesse things. And and if you follow politics, you see that that's how things are done. A lot of times what they want to do and what gets done and what they say this is being done is completely different, right? So it's like, if the goal is to survive and thrive, I think we should do things that are aimed at surviving and thriving. But I feel like what happens is the goal is to survive and thrive. And then we feel like we can just do whatever we want to do. And then when America does America stuff, we're like, America, why are you doing America stuff? And so I know it's an uncomfortable conversation to have. People are going to say, it should be like that. It should be like that. This is America. And it is America. But I found that there are certain things you can do to win in America that aren't widely accepted, but they work. And the goal is to win, not be right. And a lot of people want to be right all the time. A lot of people want to win an argument all the time. These days, somebody brings an argument to me, I just back off. Like, you know how much energy and effort I got to put into winning an argument with you all the time. And the DMs, like um, somebody said something slick about me in the on the timeline and I hit him with a DM and like it turned into an argument and I just kind of walked away. It happens all the time. It happened twice and it, it turned into an argument. But like one thing I found is people are very good at arguing, man. <laughs> like, like, some, like my mom is very successful. My sister hasn't accomplished anything my mom has. In fact, she lives with my parent, my, my parents. She has her two kids. She doesn't work a full-time job. Hasn't, she has like, they, it's like night and day, my mom and my, and my, and my, and my, and my sister. But my sister will be my mom in an argument every day because she's willing to say things that are hurtful. She's willing to say things that are wrong. She's willing to say things that should be, and she'll beat my mom in an argument all the time. Meanwhile, she lives in my mom's house, doesn't pay no damn bills. It just exists off my mom. And so what I found is the goal is to win life, not win the argument. The goal is to win life, not be the racist person and making them not be racist. 
like racist folks are going to do what racist people do. But if anything, that should push you to get rich, not make you think that you can't get rich. If anything, that should push you to create jobs, not say you can't get jobs, create your own wage, not say you can't get a wage. The reason why I do what I do is because I've accepted that America is what it is, man. And I know in order for me to make the money that I want to make, I'm going to have to hustle outside of the job. The job and they aren't going to make me a millionaire. So a lot of the things that I say aren't overarching truths for everybody. They're overarching truths for black people in America. And I'm saying, yeah, Bob might be able to work his nine to five and be rich, but Benjamin, you're going to have to do some extra shit. You're going to have to go out there and create some extra shit for yourself because they ain't going to give it to you. And I feel like in a lot of ways, they don't give it to you because I feel like it's just a way to kind of control you and control where you live and control you send your kids to school and all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's why they do it. I've always kind of thought that, but I say all this to say that I feel like we got to change strategies because obviously what we're doing ain't working. If it was working, we'd have different results, but we keep having the same shit. And it's been happening for over a decade. Maybe it's probably been happening since before we were born. Same shit. Somebody gets hurt. Then we go protest. We go back and we forget that it happened and happens again. Like at what point in time do we stop doing the same stuff and say, maybe we should try something else and see if that works? Hey, hey that's what you're trying to say. Uh, What's your side you? of the story, Raphael? I mean, this is why building wealth in our community is so important. It's one of, it's one of the big reasons. It's not just so we could uh, be driving Benzes and foreign cars. I mean, we don't, we, this whole podcast is about having a different perspective on building black wealth and exposing people to certain concepts so that we can start the businesses that we need, provide the jobs that we need, and, you know, Sometimes you get on here, you talk about, you know, jobs, this, like you need to start a business, you need to start a business and the job won't get you anywhere. But at the same time, we got to remember, it's a, the point of us starting a businesses is not just building wealth, but to, well, not just building wealth for ourselves, but so we could provide jobs to each other and people that are a little like us. I mean, that's, the, that's, that's a big part of it. And money is power. I always tell people that, like, if you look back at a lot of the, the, the crimes that a lot of these men were, were doing, they're always money related. It's always like a money related crime. It's like, oh, he was selling cigarettes or, oh, he robbed a store. Or, oh, he was passing a fraudulent something or like it was, I forgot what it was, forgery or something. It's always money related because our biggest issues are money related. And I feel like it's always convenient for people to like make these like, oh, black men matter. But like black men matter before they die. Like, and I feel like we need to act like it on purpose before they die. And it shouldn't just be like, if you have money and you can buy me stuff, then you matter. We have to fundamentally look at ourselves. Like the Bible, I think says, and maybe it's not the Bible, but it's like, you, you can't get the twig out of the white man's eye if you got a two by four on your own. And we got a host of issues that we could be solving. If we took care of our own, if we provided for our own, if we gathered around our own, created opportunities for our own, we didn't pull down our own, then folk wouldn't have to resort to things that are beneath them. Doing things like that should be beneath us. It shouldn't be something that's just like tolerated and accepted because we got to get it. We got to get it. Like we need to community build. And I feel like the reason why we don't do it is because it's a lot more difficult to build than it is to destroy. That one lady, she was uh, like, they got her fired. She was in New York. And it's like, they, they ruined her life overnight. 
And you know how easy it is to ruin somebody's life? That easy. It took them a day. It took her a lifetime to build that career and they could destroy it. But the thing is, like, nothing improved for anybody else. All you did was destroy her. It was another instance of the crab mentality. We need to start using things to elevate ourselves instead of just bringing people down to our level. Like, that is what I'm saying. If you interact with police officers respectfully, they tend to respect you. If you interact with people respectfully, they tend to respect you. If you interact with teachers respectfully, they tend to respect you. I feel like if we were more respectful people, we get a lot more respect. But the interesting thing about it, and I was talking, I was thinking about this one day, I was like, if you go to the hood and you disrespect the dude on the corner, what's he going to do to you? He's going to punch you in the mouth. But we'll go to police officers, disrespect them, and just expect them just to tolerate it. And so, like, I've seen that even with business people, like we expect because we're the customer that we can just talk to folks crazy because we're the customer and people have done that to me. They just like, they just be talking to me crazy or like insulting my product or insulting me. And I'm like, bro, like, it's crazy how like, just because it's a business, you feel like you get to come at me crazy and just like, just like bad mouth me and just say crazy mean things. Like somebody said that about me, they're like, oh, well, you're a public figure. So you should, you should, I'm not a public figure. I'm a person who just happens to be on social media and have a lot of people that want to hear what I have to say. I'm not a public figure. I'm a person. I got a family in real life. You don't get to just say crazy stuff about me just because like it's Twitter. It's not. And so I, I just feel like we would get a lot further if we examined ourselves instead of always throwing the rocks at other people. And I feel like every other culture has done that except for us. We just keep on blaming and keep on trying to get people to be nice to us. And it obviously isn't working. We can wrap it up, Raphael. Yep, yep, yep. They ain't going to like that one. This this is an interesting show. Yeah, they're definitely not going to like the end of this one. But the crazy part about it, Raphael, is it works, man. It works. And you know what else people don't like? Exercise, eating their vegetables, reading books sacrificing years of college they don't like doing they, we don't like doing the hard shit we just want the the sweet success of life without going through the hard stuff i was i was reading 50 cents book and he was talking about how like women like muscles on men not just because it looks good but it symbolizes somebody who's willing to be committed to something eat a good diet work through hard stuff and persevere consistently. And there's a lot of things that follow those character traits, but people don't have them and they still want to get the result of them. They want the muscles, but they don't want to work out. They want the muscles of life, big money. They don't want to do the extra stuff. They want to live a peaceful life, but they don't want to be a peaceful person. They want to bring drama to everything they interact with. I don't know. Wrap it up. I'm out. I should start, I should start leaving the episode just let you do the whole end. I'm out. Tweet talk. <laughs> Episode 47, and this guy actually closed this video. Wow, okay. Anyway, make sure you follow us on social media. Of course, on Twitter, you can follow me, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles at Todd Billion with a B. Follow us on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Follow Charles at what are you today now? Todd Billion, at Todd Billion on Instagram, at Todd.Capital on Instagram, at Bless a Black Man on Instagram. Be sure to get you the I'm the Sauce t-shirt at gum.co slash sauce t-shirt. Go to gumroad.com slash Todd Capital. Get the courses. Brand new course up there now, How to Build a Digital Company. Forgot to really, really talk about that one. 
Crisis Money, of course, the options trading course, all that. Shout out to the sponsor, investasateam.com. You can't fire me the boss. Shout out to all the guests that have been on the show. Shout out to all the bad people out there who are trying to get it, trying to put all people on. Tweet Talk, episode 47. We are out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, this is Donald the Voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm going to give you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.